TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball until 11 o'clock like we do every Saturday morning, 52 weeks a year. Today, reacting to another win by the walk-off White Sox and a good victory by the Bay for the Cubs. Good morning, Bruce. Morning, David. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm uh, doing well. Looking forward to a great show. We had wins with the Chicago White Sox. We had wins with the Chicago Cubs. Where do you want to start today, David? Well, I think that when you look at the, the Cubs winning late, that was a, a nice victory because Marcus Stroman did what aces do, and he stopped the bleeding, and Nico Horner had a big hit. The Cubs were 3-2 to two winners. But I think the Sox are the biggest story in town right now. The Sox are a surprise, if you will, and they got their third walk-off since the last time we were on the air here with Inside the Clubhouse, Bruce. That Last night, it was Luis Robert making the Marlins pay for wanting to to pitch to him, walking Andrew Benintendi, and they get a nice, taut, two-to-one victory at home. They get a, a win after a very Long day in New York. You could have understood a letdown. Let's start with the White Sox, Bruce, because I think that people out there might start to ask themselves the question. I know I am. How do you look at the Sox differently now than you did maybe a week ago? And and what do you expect moving forward? 312-644-6767. Who is this team? And where did they come from, Bruce? I know you may think, I've told you this all along, and you can have your victory lap today if you wish, but I do wonder... Where is this season headed now? Well, it's hard to say, David. Look, it's good news for Sox fans because there, there is something to be optimistic about. This is the first time right now, um, you know, the way they played since uh, May 1st, uh, that you can look at the White Sox and say, well, they might not be any of the top four teams in the, Nash- in the American League East, but they're certainly not a lower level than anybody in their division. And, and I, you, you look at Minnesota, 
you look at Cleveland, you know, they have the same pockmarks that the White Sox have. But pound for pound, man for man, I don't think any team, Cleveland, certainly not Detroit and Kansas City, but Cleveland and Minnesota are really a better team than the Chicago White Sox. Now, that said, with the uh, unbalanced schedule now, you have to play an awful lot of teams that are not in your division. So you can't just beat up on the Kansas Cities, Detroits, and try hope to make it up against your division. You have to play good baseball, which the White Sox are doing. They have done that with really good pitching, with timely hitting as of late. As you mentioned to me before the show, the third walk-off win for the White Sox in the past week, uh, that's done in two ways, okay? Clutch hitting, we know, that gets it done. But you have to have really good pitching, okay, to get this done. And even in a game where they were down and out when Lance Lynn pitched early in the week and gave up five runs in five innings, the bullpen came in and shut out the team the rest of the way, allowing the White Sox to come back and walk off the Yankees. I think that's one of the biggest developments, Bruce, and, and we have spent a lot of time, justifiably so, being inspired by Liam Hendricks and his return to the mound, his return to baseball. Goodness sakes, it's been a human interest story that's that's good enough on its own to to kind of capture our attention. But I think the baseball aspect is what we've seen in the past week. His presence, like a lot of people predicted, has allowed that bullpen maybe to fall into place, people to assume the roles and, and seize the opportunities. And what we saw last night was Liam Hendricks come in and get his second victory of the season. We saw him earlier get his first save of the year. These are emotional moments, yes, but they also mean something and they have a big reason why the Sox are sitting here three and a half games out, 29-36 and 36, after winning six out of seven, and they have a certainty in when the starter leaves – they know what they're getting out of this bullpen, and it's loaded with talent. David, uh, when you look at the bullpen, you know, last year Kelly was hurt most of the year, okay? Graveman was overworked, you know, terribly because of the fact that uh, no one else was getting the job done as a setup man. Uh, now the roles are starting to fall into place where they're supposed to be at. Graveman gave up a run the other day. His first one in 15 and a third innings. I mean, the guy has been lights out. Mm-hmm. Kelly is back to throwing darts and throwing the ball 97 to 100, getting people out. Bummer's doing his share. So when you see the quality of the bullpen stepping up and keeping them in games that they're down, keeping them in games when they're up and helping them win, uh, it is it is something to keep your eye on because – Again, the White Sox were projected by many people to win this division. Not everybody, certainly off of 81 and 81 last year, but certainly a team that um, people thought was going to bounce back. Uh, it took a long time. Since May 1st, uh, you know, they're 21 and 15, and they're one of the better teams going in the American League. So we'll see if this progresses. But. Again, our th- show theme today, David, as you said, 312-644-6767 is, who are your Chicago White Sox? Where are they going in 2023? 
I like it better the way that I put it, Bruce. Who are these guys, and where do they come from? Because I sound a little more surprised than you are. I know you expected them to maybe bounce back quicker than I did, and that's exactly what they've done the past week, so good for them. Let's set the table for what we have coming as well because in the first hour we're going to talk Cubs and Sox, big picture. Uh, we're also going to look at what happened last night, but but in the second hour we're going to talk to Seppi Zavala, a reason uh, why they are where they are, a guy who's had a pretty good week himself, the Sox catcher. Uh, sounds wrong, Bruce, to call him a backup catcher. I suppose that's what he is, but it under, I think it underestimates his value to that team. And then Ron Coomer is going to join us from the West Coast after the Cubs won their uh, first game in a three-game series against the Giants 3-2 to two last night. Nico Horner, a couple hits, didn't start, but pinch hit and came through in a big way. Let me ask you something about the Sox, Bruce, to so bring people up to date. Friday, I think a lot of Sox fans had the familiar feeling waiting for the next shoe to drop, the next headline to read. Aloy Jimenez put on the injured list. It didn't happen. It didn't happen, even though that he is going to be out three to four days, apparently, according to Pedro Grafolt. Bring us up to date on the latest on Aloy Jimenez, and did you have the same feeling of dread others did seeing him go out at the end of Thursday's doubleheader? No. You know what, David? I'm numb to it. I'm totally numb. <laughs> Because, unfortunately for Eli, and again, everyone should be a big Eli fan. You know, uh, the electricity he brought to this team a couple of years ago, uh, just the, the power and the ability to just drive in runs off the chart. Uh, you'd like to put him in a chair and have people pick up the chair and run down to first base with him when he hits the ball because it does it. He, he's not a designated hitter. He'd be more of a designated sitter, okay? And and in this case, um, it's a shame, but I'm numb to it. I think White Sox fans, I think the White Sox are numb to the fact that he just can't stay healthy. Leg injuries seem to always pop up. The medical and uh, medical and training staff do everything they can with the guy. He works hard. I'm telling you, he works hard at his trade. He does. He, he, one Cub official just told me, you know, when the trade was made for Eloy, when Eloy and Cease went to the White Sox for um, Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana. Mm -hmm. They told me that, you know what? Eloy is a, a dream player. He's. Everybody loves the guy. He can hit. He hits for power, but he's not going to stay healthy. And every single season that he's been in professional baseball, David, he's been hurt, okay? And he's not played a full season except for the 58 games he played in 2020 in the, in the strike in the uh, strike short, short season. And you, you'll remember because uh, you, you were talking to the people that, that I think people knew that the Cubs were afraid of not his potential, not his ability, not his consistency, but his availability. And that was an issue when when he was a younger younger player. And I think that what's happened is that, unfortunately, that has played out. Our guy Chuck Garfine on the post-game show on NBC Sports Chicago, it might have been on the pre-game show when he was talking to Ozzy, but he had this whopping statistic that they have compiled, Bruce. Did you see this? Since 2019... Aloy has been either is either missed games or been on the injured list with 16 
different injuries. 16 different injuries in the last four years. Now, that may say, well, it's only been a couple days here or there, but that's somebody who is the definition of injury prone. They're a different team with him in the lineup. There's no doubt about it. We saw it the other day in New York. He comes up with a big home run, clutch home run. When he is healthy, he is dangerous. The problem is, can you trust him to stay healthy? I don't know. Uh, I mean, look, <clears throat> I give the White Sox credit for one thing. They, they just don't want to make him a designated hitter. They want to put him in right field. They want him to feel whole. I don't think there's any way, David, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you have a better idea. How do you protect him against running? Okay. How do you protect even a designated hitter from running? That's part of the game. You have to run the bases, okay, even as a designated hitter. He can't do it without getting injured. It's just sad because I think people think the White Sox are negligent in handling him. They're not negligent. They they know the only way to, to keep your legs moving and to keep them strong is to use them. You can you can heal, you can you know, you can be brought back by injury slowly, but the only way your legs are gonna be good is if you work them. And the only way that a baseball player can play is if they run. So Credit he came them. back in the I, best shape of his life, Bruce. He came back very committed to physical fitness, it, is, it appeared. And the conditioning was better. The body was tighter. And you saw a lot of things that, that encouraged Sox fans and the White Sox maybe even as an organization. And yet we've seen similar little lulls here and, and kind of stints on the injured list or out of the lineup that um, are just going to be a fact of life with Aloha Menace. You know, you mentioned why he needs to – maybe be the designated hitter full-time. But he also, Bruce, for the good of this team, you've got another guy kind of like that who can't stay out of the lineup. Jake Berger's got to play. And if it's in New York or Toronto or wherever, he's got to play. I know the home run splits are amazing in one-sided with guaranteed rate field, but Jake Berger's got to play, I think, five out of seven games a week regardless of the venue because of his hot bat. You, you do. I mean, there, there's no way that you can sit him. And that's Grafal's biggest problem to make sure that Berger gets in the lineup every day. Look, uh, I know that Andrew Vaughn is going to be and is a fine hitter, but he has he has gone a long way this year trying to find his groove. Okay, it's it's not been easy for him this year. Um, you got to you got to play Berger everywhere. You saw. I remember the, the first series in April, and they were having problem with, problems with injury. And I said to Grafal in a, in a scrum with other reporters, I said, will you work him out at second base? And then I brought up the Moustakis situation, which he was well aware of in Kansas City. And he said, well, Moustakis was a different type of player. You know, he had played around. So we don't envision you know, Berger at second base, but you never know. Well, you never know came up. I mean, the guy just has to play. Tell me a position, you know, he's not going to play the outfield. It's got to be third. It's got to be second. It's got to be first. It's got to be DH, but somehow, some way, I don't think uh, outside of Luis Robert, David, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a bigger clutch hitter on the team than Jake Berger. Well, I think those two guys, as we have talked all week on, on the Mullen Haw Show, Steve Stone tweeted this out. I think Jake Berger, if he has a strong month, has a legit claim to be in the all-star conversation just because of the kind of start that he's had. Bruce, he's homering once every 11 at-bats or so. Get him more. 
Luis Robert, you said, uh, he's been streaky, unusually streaky. But when he has been hot, he's he's one of the best, if not the best, center fielder, as Pedro Grafal said yesterday, in baseball, the way he plays when he's playing at that level. Now, the, the other end of it, the other end of the spectrum and extreme, is something you want to kind of see maybe him be more consistent. So I think that, you know, he he's somebody that has some growth too. But overall, when those two guys are in the lineup, that White Sox batting order is dangerous, it is deep, and they are, you know, talent has never been the question with the White Sox. It's realizing the potential that they do have, and now they're, they're beginning to do that. They're 29-36, and 36, three and a half games out. The Twins are in first place, smack dab at 500, 32-32. 312-644-6767, White Sox, Cubs, everything baseball spoken here. He's David M. Bruce. We're with you almost every single Saturday, 49 to 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball and inside the clubhouse. And David, you talked about <laughs> – no laughing now. David, you talk about a team – from May 1st, when they were nine and a half games out, to now, okay, they gained six games in the division, okay? Three and a half games out in a division, obviously not too great. Remember when Dusty Baker was in town, and he talked to us, and, and he talked to us about the fact that, um, on the show, that, hey, when you get buried in a and you're a good team, you have to start looking at segments, and you have to say, we want to pick up, one game every week or 10 days. And by the middle of the year, we're back in it. White Sox have done a lot more than that, but they have done exactly what he said, okay? May 1st, nine and a half games out, David. Mm -hmm. Three and a half games out almost six weeks later. Uh, that's what happens when you go 21 and 15 since May 1st. That's, that's a good stepping stone. That's a good thing to follow. Bruce, I just don't know... And, and I'm, I'm confounded, and that's way overstating. I guess I, I don't want to get too carried away because, number one, they're not at 500 yet. Secondly, I don't know what being the best team in a bad division does for you big picture, but I don't think it's appropriate right now to worry about the big picture. So I'm trying to have some discipline here, enjoy and appreciate what they're doing and how they have climbed out of this hole they dug for themselves and have been a very consistent team since the 1st of May. I, I liken, the, liken it to this, and, and Molly had a great point the other morning, and, and I'm trying to look at it this way every, every time I think about the White Sox. When you walk outside on a starry night, right, and you look up at the sky, trying to consider what it all looks like and all the stars and how beautiful it looks is almost overwhelming. So what you do is you get out your, 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 mic, your, your telescope, Bruce, and you look at one, either a constellation or one single star, and you take that and you appreciate it for what it is without considering all of the vastness surrounding it. We don't have to talk about the White Sox and organizationally what it means to win a bad division and get eliminated in the first round. Okay, let's delay the big picture thought about whether or not they you know, would be better off selling off pieces of the deadline and white flag trade part two. Okay, let's just appreciate they've got three walk-off wins in the past week. They've won six out of seven. And here they are, a return to relevance on the south side that we didn't see coming. Or at least I didn't see coming. I know you did. Look, the uh, conversation two weeks ago was still nationally, well, the White Sox have some nice pieces to sell off when they start their rebuild again. And uh, people were talking about, yeah, you know. And, and even to the point of 
Well, with two years left on Dylan Cease's contract <laughs> before he's a free agent, he would bring back an awful lot. And I was hearing this. Now, look, locally, it was a little bit more down to earth, okay, as far as coverage went and, and <laughs> the, the sound. Not everywhere, but nationally, that's what I was hearing, okay? Right. Dylan Cease, you know, hey, he'll bring back something good when the White Sox start their rebuild again. Well, the rebuild started right within the team itself. And, uh, again, Hendricks coming back and the momentum from the bullpen pitching well, starting pitching turned around, David, probably about five weeks ago where they started to get consistent starts again. So there's a lot to look forward to on the south side. You're right. They're not at 500 yet. Until a team is at 500, you don't look at them legitimately as a good ball club. It's hard to say that. Okay, I don't I don't believe you do that. But in modern baseball right now with the unbalanced schedule, okay, you're going to see teams all year long, maybe battling for that six spot that are under 500 as far as the playoffs go. That That's just going to be the way it is. Won't be in the American League because there's too many good teams. Nationally, you're going to see it a lot more. White Sox must win their division. I think they will. I think there's a real good possibility the White Sox win their division by a lot. Dylan Cease did what Aces do last night. Six innings pitch, one run, two walks, seven strikeouts, his best start in a month, and that's what they need to continue. His consistency would be a welcome sight. Let's go out to the phone line, squeeze in one before the break. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Jim is in Beecher. Good morning, Jim. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Ah, good morning, guys. Always good to hear your voice on a Saturday morning. You guys are great. Um, You covered, in my opinion, you covered the Eloy situation beautiful. Uh, You know, a little bit of the background on what's going on with him. Uh, Unfortunately, I think uh, his body may not even allow him to play past the year of 30. When he gets to be 30 years old, that just might be it for him. But anyway, I want to segue to another player here. Uh, Yohan Mankata, when he first came up, his foot speed, his baseball foot speed, metric-wise, he was in the 90s, okay? The 90th percentile, da-da-da. Now he's in the 40s. Uh, you know, he should be in his prime now. He's like 27, maybe 28 years old now. Uh, I mean, he's running like he's 38 years old. Uh, what is going? What has happened to this guy? He can't steal bases anymore like he used to when he first came up. Uh, the guy is, uh, again, he should be in his prime right now, and instead he's regressed to a, a very, in my opinion, a very mediocre player. What's going on with him that maybe we don't even know about? Because he's not the same. What do you think, Thanks, guys? Jim. Appreciate the phone call. Bruce, my first reaction would be he's not been the same player since he had the post-COVID uh, effect on his fitness and conditioning, and I wonder how that's related to also just he's been a little injury-prone himself. There seems to be a hesitation in his game, David. I don't, I can't really identify it. I think we all watch it close. He came out great guns after the World Baseball Classic at the beginning of yep. the year. If you remember, he was a 350-400 hitter and really going great before he got injured again. Again, injuries have backed him up. Uh, Jim is right. Uh, he doesn't run like you expected him to, okay? But they, they were very content uh, in 2019 where 
he was, I think, fourth or fifth in the MVP voting. Uh, he was a he was a four tool player at that time. Defensively, he was not an outstanding second baseman. You know, there was no way you could say that. But everything else, running, you know, uh, you know, being able to steal bases, hit home runs, hit for average, hit in the clutch. He was all that in 2019. We we've only seen glimpses of that since that point. I agree. Those are good points and examples do think that there are times where he appears to be way too casual and that rubs fans the wrong way his kind of lackadaisical is maybe overstating it but this it comes across that way sometimes there's a very casual approach and that intensity isn't always obvious and so he does have a tremendous talent and you think that he's a guy that can carry you in spurts if he can stay healthy but he's not what they expected him to be when they signed him and maybe what he showed he could be in 2019. Maybe that will return with good health. The Sox can hope because things are headed, it seems right now, in a positive direction for everybody. When we come back, Bruce, I want to ask you about two guys on each team that I think are going to be posing their respective teams. They're going to have to answer these questions about each guy on the Cubs, one guy, and on the Sox, another. We'll talk about it next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Next hour, we're going to talk to Sebi Zavala, the White Sox catcher, as well as Ron Coomer. The Cubs analyst for the score on the West Coast after the Cubs beat the Giants last night 3-2. The Sox 2-1 winners over the Marlins at Guaranteed Rate Field. Okay, Bruce, so I want to ask you a question about one player specifically on the Cubs and one on the White Sox. Let's start with the Sox. What are they going to do about the Lance Lynn problem? And I You're gonna... maybe that's a leading question because maybe I should just say, what are they going to do about Lance Lynn? But I could also point out the numbers. The fifth time in 13 starts the other day, he gave up at least five runs. He's got a 672 ERA. 
I know he's accomplished a lot, but the fact that he's pitched a lot might be contributing to the fact that he's not pitching very well. If you indeed have a team that you want to say has returned to relevance and is thinking postseason and wants to compete in a division they can win, I don't know that you can trot him out every fifth day. Does he need a break? Does he need a new direction? What do you think they're going to do? What would you do about the Lance Lynn problem on the south side? Well, what did they do with Dallas Keuchel? <laughs> He's an ex-White Sox pitcher right now, Bruce. He's the last left-hander to start for the White Sox last year, about 180 games ago. Well, I'm not saying they're going to do that with Lance Lynn because I still think Lance Lynn has some good games inside of him. We've seen a few of them. Unfortunately, his best games uh, were at the beginning of the year when he pitched WBC. He, he was a... He was a behemoth at uh, the beginning of the year pitching for Team USA. Um, look, uh, I know there's a lot of confident pitchers in baseball. There's none more confident in his own ability than Lance Lynn. No, more, no one more single-minded than Lance Lynn. That said, what are your alternatives right now uh, if he doesn't pitch? It's, it's easy to say, get this guy out of here. Don't let him pitch anymore. But if you're the Chicago White Sox sitting here on June 10th, you know, we're about, uh, you know, what, seven weeks, six and a half weeks from uh, the trade deadline. What are what are you going to do until teams start deciding whether they want to trade or not? And what's the last thing they usually do unless they're a last place team? And that is trade starting pitchers. Well, that's a fair that's a fair response. I do think it underscores this idea, though, that the Sox are closer to being buyers and sellers. And if they are going down that road, they're going to have to get a starting pitcher. They can't win a division. Uh, let me. I, they can win the division if Lance Lynn is lousy. But I, I don't got, think the confidence I, in guile and guts is going to help him protect the lead any better than it has so far this season. I, he has stunk. I, I have a solution for them. There's a team okay. on the north side of Chicago 8.1 miles away. Mm-hmm. that has a left-handed pitcher to solve what they need to do to add to that bullpen. He's a veteran. Uh, he's got a one-year ex- left on a contract. His name is Drew Smiley. Okay. He, that he is, would be a tremendous addition to any staff, including right. especially the White Sox. So when you mention the Quintana trade, okay, and how the, 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 the White Sox ended up, quote-unquote, you know, destroying the Cubs in that deal, even though Quintana had a decent you know, two or three years with the Cubs afterwards, maybe four. That could be the reverse this time around for a Drew Smiley, who the White so- who the White Sox could use desperately, not only to possibly replace somebody that's not pitching well like Lynn, but to add depth to a, a starting rotation. Okay. I like the way you're thinking, Bruce. I think that makes a lot of sense, and that speculation worth uh, continuing. The- uh, today, right. this week, next month, whatever they need this to time, though, David, add somebody. Okay. Yeah, this time it would be the Cubs that would have to try to fleece the White Sox. Okay. This is the time where the White Sox would have to give up a minor league player or two that they don't want to give up. And I'm not saying Drew Smiley is a reincarnation of Sandy Koufax, but he is a very crafty and consistent 
left-handed pitcher. Injuries have Bruce. The, you know, but the White Sox don't have a minor league prospect or two that are likely to get a a quality pitcher in return, and that's part of the problem and the conundrum they're facing with the, our buyers. Because what do they have to put on the table to negotiate with? Not much. Not much. All right, so let me they, switch they got, to the Cubs. They, they have a really good starting shortstop of the future in the minor leagues. You're not trading Colson Montgomery for Drew Smiley. Let's just put an end to that right now. You are not getting rid of Colson Montgomery for Drew Smiley. No. Not that kid. All right, so let me ask you about a, a hot prospect, a guy that was once was a hot prospect and may, maybe still is, but he's, he's struggling at the major league level, Matt Mervis. I want to know your perspective on Matt Mervis because I said earlier this week on the Mullen Haw Show, and which was repurposed on our, on our Twitter feed, and I got pummeled. Pummeled, Bruce. It was like you were arguing with me at the mere suggestion of Matt Mervis going to the minor leagues and regaining his stroke, reestablishing some confidence, and getting a regular chance to be the guy we thought he could be. What would you do with Matt Mervis? Because we saw the Cubs brought up Nick Madrigal went down to Iowa. We don't know if it's going to continue. He started last night, played second base, let off. What do they do with Matt Mervis? Well, what they do is they continue to let him play for a while longer here. And, and the reason you do that, there's a general manager uh, of the San Diego Padres back in uh, 2009-10 that uh, purchased a first baseman for the, from the Boston Red Sox that he knew really well that he thought was going to be a star. Uh, that, that player's name was Anthony Rizzo. That general manager was Jed Hoyer. And when Rizzo came to the major leagues in 2010, he hit a, he hit a buck 48, okay? He was striking out, you know, once every three at-bats. He was not ready. So I'm not comparing Matt Mervis to Anthony Rizzo, but I am comparing... You just did! I am you comparing... You just did! Just let me finish, please. Thank you very much. I'm comparing who the general manager was and what he might have gotten out of that, bringing Anthony Rizzo along and trading for him a second time, bringing him to Chicago and, and starting his player development again with the Chicago Cubs. Is it too early for Matt Mervis? Is he overmatched in some ways? It appears so it's at times. But is this more essential for him on this team that really is not going to win a division. Uh, even if they get hot, they're, they're not going to be winning the central division of the National League. So it's a team that is trying to entertain and contend at the same time. Okay, it's a tough balance a to strike. It really yeah. is. And, and Bruce, I'm just kind of having fun with you because I, do, I don't think the answer is as obvious or is clear-cut because you could make the argument because you have examples like Rizzo. We heard David Ross on the score uh, about 10 days ago compare it to Julio Rodriguez, who struggled with the Mariners and then became this, this sort of star on the rise. I don't know if it's either one of those, but I don't know if it's closer to that or a, a flash in the pan like a Brian LaHare. I mean, you could come up with other examples of guys who have flashed and then fizzled. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's... You know, Frank Schwindel, you just don't, it's hard for me to know yet what they have, even though you want to see him succeed, but he so clearly is struggling. The thing I think that the Cubs keep in mind uh, when Hawkins and and Hoyer talk about Mervis is that he didn't have a lot of time at AAA last year. He was at a lot of different levels. 
He hit the most home runs in the minor leagues. He had a good spring training. He looked good. Uh, so he's still way into player development. Do they like the swing? Do they love the power? Do they like the makeup? They like all of that stuff. Okay. That, that's all there. And uh, uh, Mervis is a very serious player. He's a friendly guy, but he doesn't have a lot of time to sit around and talk to the media about um, what he's thinking, what he's doing. He's busy working when the uh, Cubs open the clubhouse. You don't see him a lot by his locker because he's he's trying to get better and he's trying to absorb everything they have for him. I think if he can take a deep breath and uh, just kind of relax, you know, relax, relax you a know, little bit. You know, I, I think maybe he needs a vacation. I hear Des Moines is lovely this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out to the phone line, squeeze in a phone call before we break. Dave is in Des Plaines. Dave, welcome inside the clubhouse. How are you? Hey, nice to hear from you. I heard the conversation the other day with Molly, and and I want to just say that I think the solution's inside the White Sox. I know that relief pitching at the deadline is easy to come by. Everybody that's not a contender will give you their relief players. The Sox have an excellent starting pitching pitcher that's pitching in relief. He's got a great arm. His name is Lopi, his nickname. And they can always make him a starting pitcher again. He just needs a couple starts. And we can always get somebody filling and relief on the back end. Everybody pitches 95 to 100 miles an hour now. It's no secret. You know that. What do you say about that, Bruce? Thanks, well, Dave. I, Appreciate I, the phone call. David, I've, I've always liked uh, uh, Dave's idea. Um, I, I think he is. He's got a power arm. Uh, if you, you think back to, what was it, 2018? Um, this guy led the White Sox in innings with 188. He had 19 quality starts. Uh, was up there in... Uh, in strikeouts in the uh, American League, he looked like the better pitcher uh, in that deal that they got from uh, you know Washington with uh, Giolito coming and Dunning coming back, uh, you know, for Eaton. And uh, I, I would just I would just say it's not as easy as Dave said. You're going to have to send him back to the minor you're leagues. Right. Yeah, you're going to have to give him a, at least three starts to stretch his arm out. And uh, that would be fortification. I, I know what the White Sox will say, or if, if Han or Williams are listening right now, and, you know, I doubt it, but if they're, if they're listening right now, I would say this. They're saying, look, we finally got to a level where he's valuable to our team in the bullpen. We like him there. Okay, but you have other bullpen pieces now that are getting the job done. I think... Desperate time, desperate measures. That would be the move that I would make. I would stretch him out. And he might he might fight that because there's no way to stretch him out uh, other than make him a opener uh, for a few games coming up over the next month, which won't be the worst thing in the world, well, and, I, and get, him, get him going that way. I like the way you're thinking, Bruce, because in today's Major League Baseball, what is a starting pitcher really? What does he give you? If you get five, you're happy. And so how long and how far would you have to stretch him out? We're talking about somebody who has 97 major league starts. And in that stretch you'd mentioned between 18 and 19, he started 65 games for this team. 
So it's not like it's something that would overwhelm him. It would just be a return to that from his arm standpoint, from his conditioning standpoint. And if Lance Lynn doesn't get any better and they don't aren't able to make a deal because they don't have they have limited resources to offer, Ronaldo Lopez is staring right at you, probably underusing a bullpen that's rounding into shape. So I don't think it's a terrible idea. It might be the direction they have to go. Okay, Bruce, we got to get to a break. When we come back, it's time to play a little chin music, and it's from a familiar voice. We hear him every morning, every Wednesday morning here on The Score. You see him all the time. And NBC Sports Chicago, Ozzy Guillen, provides us a little chin music. Next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's high and inside. For some chin music. Hey, Yon, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. Ooh, wow. Uh, listen, I, I watched this team for a long time, and they had to earn it. To us, say yes. They have to earn it. To me, I don't think they are there yet. We we get a little excited because this ball club. Listen, we gonna they gonna play a tough schedule. That's not tougher schedule. But this they don't build this ball club yet to face Minnesota, Kansas City, Detroit, and, and who else? Uh, the and the uh, the Indians or the whatever Guardians. they are calling Guardians. the Guardians, the Indians. Uh, wow, then. You know, they, they built this ball club to compete against the good one. Well, now they're going to compete against the better ball club. Now how, how we see how to react. But I, I think I say long time, when even they was like 10 games behind. And, and I say, listen, this ball club had a better chance to win the division than play five games over 500. This team, the, the hardest thing for them is going to be over 500. And this, uh, this division is so bad. Yep. So bad and so sad. I don't know how baseball people still have those teams in the big league when you have people paying to watch those teams. They have those people who have fans, fans bases in those cities. And when you see that thing happen, you say, what's going on with this game? What's going on? What happened here? But anyway, I think the White Sox had the best talent in that division and they should win that division no matter where they was. It's, I don't know how you start, obviously, starting that, that way. They, they're making very hard, very, very hard to get what they want to get. But I think they have a chance to win that division better than finish 500. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chin Music, Ozzy Guillen on the Mullion Haw Show on Wednesday. Bruce, do you believe and agree with Ozzy that the White Sox have a better chance to win the division than they do of finishing 500, which seems absurd, but I kind of know where Ozzy's coming from, and I wouldn't give him uh, chin music. I might put him a fastball down the middle because I think he just connected. Well, look, um, I think you're going to have to play around 500. You know, you have to be a couple games over to win your division, but uh, it's going to be easier to win your division now, uh, David, uh, with a bad record because everybody's, you know, I, I feel the American League is a superior league, okay? I think they have the better teams there. So you're, you're going to have to put, if you're, the, if you're the White Sox, you're going you're gonna to have your fair chance to 
play some National League teams, too. Now, the ones that are coming up right now with the Dodgers, their schedule next is three with the Dodgers after Miami, three with the Dodgers, three with Seattle, three with Texas, three with Boston, four with LA Angels. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty rough schedule, okay? It's pretty tough. Um, talk to me on, uh, on June 30th, okay, uh, when, they, when they start playing Oakland. If, if the White Sox come out of this and they're at 500 or above, okay, on June 30th, they're, they're going to be four or five games ahead in the division at that time. Because what's what's going on with the rest of that division? Everybody has to play better teams elsewhere, and nobody can make up a, a tremendous amount of ground going head to head by playing the weaklings in your division. So I'm I'm not sure quite where Ozzy's at. All I'm saying is I think the White Sox can win their division with a record that's just a little bit over 500. Historically, the of course the 80 uh, three win St. Louis Cardinals won the World Series in 2006. Mm-hmm. A year before that, in 2005, the year the White Sox won it all with Ozzy as the manager, the Padres won the NL West with 82 victories. The Sox are right now 29 and 36. Bruce, I think that it's conceivable in that division. What he, I think, his over over overriding point was, you can win it, but if you win 80 games, you're 80 and 82. That doesn't disqualify you. And it, it would be the uh, the Seattle Seahawks going into the NFL playoffs with a seven and nine record, like they did years ago. You can get to the postseason without necessarily having a winning record, which would seem absurd, but would be just so on brand for this White Sox team and season. So Look, I get what he's saying. The Mets went to the World Series in '73, winning 83 games. Okay, so. It, it can't be done. It, 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 it probably will be done more often over the, the new era with the new schedule than you might imagine because so many teams are bunched together. I mean, you, you, look at, uh, you look at baseball right now and you say, well, there's some really good teams in the American League East, okay? You, you got a couple good teams in the American League West, you know, maybe three. The Central, you know, forget about it. The National League East... Nobody has really played really good ball except the Atlanta Braves. You know, Miami has been a, a surprise. They've been mm-hmm. a surprise team. But, but you know, who blows you away in the National League uh, other than Atlanta being a, a, a superior team? It's just a very homogenized Major League Baseball right that's, now. That's why Maybe you love the, good, the national the schedule. That's I don't why, know. That's why you love playing everybody, Brucey. That's the beauty, like I told you in April, of playing hate, the entire hate, schedule. I love it. I, I love it. it, love it, love it. Yeah. And they don't play another I, I AL like Central team until July 21st. I, 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 David, I like it for the fans. I agree. It's a more entertaining vehicle for Major League Baseball. As far as being the division and winning the division, it, it has no meaning anymore, okay? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're only playing 53 games in your division, right? Yeah, so, so what? You, you're... I know you're you having. You get a good to see Otani. You get to see everybody back there. I love it. You know, you, you're I'm smiling a fan, like you're. You know, I think I'm thinking of you like at 13, just booing me from the stands. That's how you're I was. reacting right now. I was. You know, get that Bruce Lamont you know, out of here. <laughs> he stinks. Right. Yeah, I want you to stay another, at least another hour, Bruce, because we got a big one ahead. We're going to talk to Sebi Zavala. We're going to talk to Ron Coomer. We're going to talk Cubs and White Sox here and inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, six seven, the score. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.